everyone and welcome to episode 69 of the Retrospectors podcast, Panzer General. My name is Patrick Arthur and I'm joined as always by my co-host James Turlings. James, this is our first proper entry into the war game genre for uh, this podcast. Have you played anything like this before or was this your first war game? Um, I've played like Advance Wars and obviously the combat in the Civilization series, although it's been quite a long time since I've played like a pure tactics uh, game like this. Um, I think uh, I think the combat in Civ is pretty a good analogy, like it's a, like a hex-based military strategy game, but uh, a World War II military tactics game? No, I have not. Yeah, so I've um, I've dabbled in Advance Wars. I've played bits here and there on emulators, but I never got very far on them, you know, gave up pretty soon. Um, like you, I've played Civ. Interestingly, in practice, this plays out a bit more similarly to Civ Five than it does Civ Four. Civ Four's stacks give it a very different strategic flavor, but I would say... Even though I've played a lot of genres that touch on wargaming, and I've played Panzer General when I, you know, I was six years old, you know, completely incompetently, this is the first time I've actually played one properly for a significant length of time. So it's a genre I've always kind of kept my eye on, and it's a genre that I'm kind of a little bit intrinsically interested in. But this was the first time where I properly sunk my teeth into you know such a pure strategic one and you uh you like your world war Two history right like this is the kind of thing that appeals to you was why one of the reasons why you picked the game i assume yeah i mean i'm um i'm a i'm a i love i love history i'm a bit of a history buff uh you know i read history books in my spare time and everything so i guess i had that connection um to the material but uh mainly it was you know, I had these weird fond memories of it when I was a kid, despite not really understanding. I did, I've did. i wanted to do something a bit more strategic and tactical turn-based for a long time, and it just seemed like a really good entry point, you know. Um, Panzer General was the game that uh, revolutionized this genre for, for computers, so it seemed like a good place to start. Mm. And I, you know, I'd never really played something like this either, and I probably wouldn't have picked this game having not even known it existed until you suggested it. So uh, maybe good choice there, Patrick. That that was one of the things that was interesting about this game, actually. Uh, there is a real dearth of information about it out there. Uh, the game spawned hundreds of sequels and spin-offs and inspired lots of other things. But if you want to find a strategy guide for this game, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> on how long to beat? On how long to beat? It it doesn't list a time, uh, which is extremely unusual because there's just not enough people playing it nowadays to submit their times of completion. So, uh, in some ways, despite the how popular it was at the time it was released, it's kind of been forgotten in and of itself. Uh, its legacy hasn't been forgotten, but not many people play the original nowadays. So very good title to revisit, I think. Mm. And then I guess we can uh, figure out if it was worth all of this time and effort uh, to get it running. Exactly. And that's what James and I do on the Retrospectus podcast. Uh, each and every fortnight, we play through these classic games of the past to determine if they're worth your time to play today. Critically, this is not a nostalgia podcast. 
we're not here to reminisce on our memories of these classic video games. We're not here to forgive these games for being products of that time. We just want to know, was it an enjoyable experience to play today? And we discuss and review it on the show. Uh, so yeah, this this fortnight, James and I played through Panzer General, or more accurately, we played through the first several scenarios of Panzer General. Yeah, this was a very long game, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> we didn't really know how long it would be um, to begin with. Um, and after the first two missions, which took me like an hour each, maybe, I was like, oh, this won't be too long. Um, and then the third scenario happened, and I spent the better part of like a day and a half trying to get through it. And it was like very clear from then that we weren't going to get to the end of this one in time. Yeah, the game has like 38 scenarios. Not that you can encounter every single one on the critical campaign path. You're probably looking at 25 to 30, depending on exactly how your campaign goes. And yeah, as James said, the level of complexity and scale jumps up very quickly. And you will probably fail a lot when you first start playing. So we played through several scenarios. I played through uh, five to completion and then dabbled in a few others. And I think, James, you did roughly the same, right? Yeah, so I played through about four scenarios. I did three of the campaign missions. Then I chose like to go back and play two of the like earlier ones on harder difficulties to see what it was like. Um, and then I got mo- I got almost all the way to the end. Um, of the fourth scenario um, but then ran out of time so uh, played it a bit I feel like I have a pretty you know good grasp on what makes this game tick even though we didn't complete a high number of scenarios the we probably replayed those later later scenarios four or five times and I would say I invested about 15 hours or so into reaching that point so uh, while we are no experts on the tactical nuances of it all, I feel we've got a good grip of the um, of the fundamentals of how to play Panzer General now. Yeah, and this is this is a, like a historical World War Two strategy simulator kind of. So something that you know it does differently to a lot of you know other games that aren't based on historical events is that it kind of throws all of the game's complexity at you all in one go in the first couple of missions because, you know, in World War II, it's not like people were running around without, you know, infantry for 10 years or something. Um, You know, it doesn't gradually, you know, dump all of its contents onto you. You kind of get all of it within the first three missions. So uh, it's I think that, you know, not finishing every scenario, you still kind of see everything this game has to offer. It's just like, you know, like playing 10 games of Civ, right? Like you've seen everything in the first game. Yeah, so let's get into it. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Panzer General on a basic level to explain some of the basic premises of how this game actually plays, and then we'll jump right into the discussion. So Panzer General was first developed by a company called Strategic Simulations and was first released in 1994 for DOS, Windows, and Mac. It later saw a port to the PlayStation 1, funnily enough, which, you know, makes sense. This is a turn-based game. There's no reason it couldn't work on a with a controller, although understandably it would be a bit more clunky with unit selection and things like that. But I, I can see it on PS1, even if I'd never choose to play that way. And it spawned many, as I said, it spawned many, many sequels, spin-offs, and spiritual successes, uh, including Panzer Corps, Panzer Corps, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, uh, which 
released in 2000 and Panzer Corps II later in 2011. Uh, from what I've read, it seemed to be considered a revolutionary point for wargaming, setting the template for how things were done in the same manner that a game like even Doom did. Prior to Panzer General, it was a very obtuse, difficult to understand genre that was only for enthusiasts in the same way that maybe military simulators were. But Panzer General was the game that turned it into a commercial success you know a lot of people had access to this game so in panzer general there are two main ways to play there's a campaign that strings missions together or you can individually select a scenario for the most part we played the campaign where you take control of a german general as a wage war across europe and northern africa and if you happen to be very successful, achieving major victories along the way, eventually England and even the United States. Um, so we, we played through the first several levels of the campaign where you're on the offensive as the Axis forces, but you can also play those later, more complicated scenarios individually. They're not locked off to you. It's very, very open in how you can play this. Um, the brick and mortar of the gameplay is that it's a turn-based strategy slash tactics game, which takes place on a very large hexagonal grid over the geography of where you're fighting. Uh, these are very large-scale battlefields, usually covering multiple countries. For example, when you are doing the France mission, the France mission covers both Belgium and France. So to give you an idea of the scale, that's two countries you're fighting over. So they're, they're large countries to the point where the geography is fairly easily identifiable. You control an array of different military units, including infantry, tanks, aircraft, and artillery, as well as a few other uh, few other specific forces, and you're tasked with either capturing or defending cities. Each battle takes place on a strict turn limit. The battle ends with a victory for the attacker when the attacking side captures all the key objectives, or a victory for the defender when the turn limit runs out. Um, interestingly, because we were playing the first few levels of this Axis campaign all of our levels were attacking objectives. We just had to seize objectives. But depending on how the campaign goes, and as you play later missions, you might be forced into defending objectives where you need to defend until the time limit runs out. That's a, that's a very broad overview. On this episode, we're going to be covering a number of things like the UI, the strategy layer, and the tactical layer. But the, the place I want to start our discussion actually comes with the story and the framing of how this game works that is it's based on world war ii so panzer general doesn't really have a story in the traditional sense of a story uh, what you get the total sum of story information you get is you get a, a probably two or three sentences at the start of, a, of the mission stating your mission objectives that is it that is your total story experience and i think that for a lot of people that would turn them off this game completely and utterly um when we had our fallout episode and had chris on from retro asylum he used this term uh emotional hook and on the face of it and you know pretty accurately panzer general has zero emotional hooks there's no characters the story isn't explained to you there doesn't seem to be anything here to connect or immerse you with the events that are happening. 
However, this is based on real life, and this is a lot of the events that happen in this game are history or uh, alternate history. You know, imaginations of how history might have gone. And the very fact that this video game is based on things that happened in World War II give it a historical hook. So if you're interested in history, this is a way to connect and be engaged and invested with the things that are happening. I think the best way to explain this idea is that if instead of you being the Germans invading France, it was uh, gobbledygook country A invading gobbledygook country B on an alien planet, and it gave you that same scroll of text, there would be no investment. I wouldn't be able to recognize the countries, the cities wouldn't be on the geographical features which exist today, and I wouldn't be able to go to Wikipedia, which is what I did, and read up on all these battles after I'd fought in them. So even though on the face of it, this game has no story, the very fact that this game is based on real-life events gave me an investment to it that I just could never be invested to in the same degree if it were fantastical. James, sorry, I've spoken for a very long time, so let me turn it over all over to you. Are, are you did you find this connection at all? Uh, were you as invested as I was, or is history just not really the you're not are you not interested in history to the same degree that I am? Yeah, not at all, Patrick. I've never really been much into history. So like you said earlier, this game had actually zero emotional hook or like investment points for me to be in. Um, I There was something that I thought the game was going to do but didn't um, was that during the campaign, the units that you have actually carry over between missions. And if you lose them, you know, you lose them forever. So something that, you know, a game like Fire Emblem or XCOM 2 would do was have you have these named, you know, groups of characters or squads that you would get some kind of, you know, attachment to between missions. Um, and, you know, for the most part, it was very easy to lose them between like the, the the squads weren't really named or anything they just had the you know the name of the unit and their strength so it was easy to all lose them all together during the battle so i kind of was hoping for these little stories to arise while i was playing the game where i had this one unit that always you know kept escaping from the brink of death and was like my best unit and my favorite unit um, but the game really didn't go out of its way to emphasize that in any way, and I thought that was a little disappointing. Um, so, like, I can totally buy that, like, this historical angle is super cool for a lot of people, right? Um, but for me, who takes, like, very little interest in it, uh, it was just kind of, like, lacking. Like, I just had no investment in the goings-on, like, whatsoever. Um, to its credit, this is a very gameplay-focused game, and despite not me being invested in the history of World War II that much, I did appreciate the fact that it was very simple and to the point still, and it just kind of let me, like, get on with playing the game without beating me over the head with history lessons while trying to play the <laughs> game, which I think a lot of games can do. So, while I didn't get enjoyment from the story and the presentation 
you know, necessarily. It's very, it's very lightweight, and I did enjoy the fact that the game just let me play the game for the most part. Yeah, it's um, it's real life lore that's out there if you're willing to investigate. Instead of watching Varty's videos on <laughs> Dark Souls, you can you can go to <laughs> Wikipedia or you can read a book to learn more about these things. <laughs> the deep and interesting lore of the real world. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's all minimalist, right? It's not trying to shove it down your throat, and you know that's that's the best way to do storytelling um (laughs) it probably could have done a bit more and i i think the idea here is that if you're not a history buff there's really nothing for you here story-wise and this isn't going to be the game that convinces you otherwise however i just wanted to talk about story a bit as a way to if you are interested in history you're going to get value out of it being somewhat historically accurate and that's that's worth bringing up I even mean, if like, there's no traditional story to me the kind of person that's going to go out of their way to play panzer general to begin with is probably the kind of person that does take an interest in world war Two. to be fair so mm-hmm. like i think it's fine right like uh there's nothing super interesting here but like these people that are going to play this game know everything already right they know these battles they don't need all of this extra context right it'll just be like i don't know patronizing to be like to tell them everything that happened right they know these battles so well i guess what i'd do is i'd contrast it with a game like advance wars not a game that i've played a whole lot of but at the very least seems to have much more in terms of characters and personality than um than you know panzer general and i think for some people that's really important you know, and a lot of people would play Advance Wars and value it far above the more gameplay-centric fo- focus of Panzer General. And I'm absolutely that type of player, um, and th- this is not the game for those kinds of players, right? Like, this is not going to do anything for you. There mm-hmm. is, like, basically zero story other than, like, you knowing World War II history <laughs> ahead of time. Yeah, so so if you're if you're invested in history, you're going to get value out of this being historical. Otherwise, you won't, and that's, uh, that's all there is that's to it. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, let's talk about the more interesting point of the game, Patrick, which is the gameplay. Um, you, you, you hadn't played one of these tactics games before. Like, when you jumped in, what did you... Like, did you have any expectations for how the gameplay was going to play um, from 1994 tactics game? Like, what, what was your first impressions of the game? Uh, so, to begin with, I was... So, so what, what I did was I... I downloaded the manual and I read the manual in depth because I know I knew coming into this game that it would be very complicated. There's a lot of things to understand. And I think that scenario one actually serves as a pretty good soft introduction and it helps that the manual actually tells you exactly what to do on a turn-to-turn basis in that first mission so i followed tell you exactly what to do um because i actually failed the tutorial the first time patrick um because like it will tell you like the first turn it gives you explicit detail on how to proceed it says okay split up your troops into you know two groups of mixed units you know tanks infantry artillery and another group the same thing and have them go to separate objectives and then turn two it's like okay now attack this city and you should be able to take it uh and then i failed spectacularly to take one of the cities and took the other <laughs> um i i also failed the first mission james uh 
Or oh, the, or, really? Well, okay, I'm not retarded. Yeah, or more accurately, I kind of was unsuccessful in my first attacks and gave up. Maybe I would have been able to persist and win, but I um, I was like, I'm unsatisfied with this. I'm starting over. And that was a common pattern in my play. But uh, yeah, there's there's lots of like little tactical nuances to the game that you only really discover after failing miserably and uh, doing things differently next time. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a perfectly fine way to learn too, right? Like, I wasn't upset that I failed the tutorial. I like I recognized the mistakes that I made, and then I tried again, and I was successful. Um, and that was fine. I found learning the game in that first mission to be, you know, I failed a bunch with trying to do things, but I learned a lot while doing it. Yeah, and then likewise, mission two, I felt stepped up the difficulty an acceptable level like the enemy had exactly one fighter it introduces aircraft the enemy had exactly one fighter plane which you could you know fairly easily kill if you got a couple of fighters of your own it was a bit bigger the forces were a bit harder it was generally fine it was mission three where i feel the game unveiled its true colors and i was Uh, very very intimidated (laughs) very overwhelmed very quickly yeah it goes from like Mission mission one, the tutorial, basically, is like, capture three cities. Mission two is like, capture three cities. The next mission is like, capture six cities, but there's also like 20 other cities that you can capture. The map triples uh, in size or something. It's like more than triple in size. It's gigantic. It went from me taking like an hour to beat the second mission to like a day and a half for the next one. Yeah, so so James and I were discussing this and I feel it comes back to the framing of this as a World War II game where it wants to simulate, it wants you to play in, play in all of these battles that occurred instead of it being fantastical because what modern game does what modern game design does is it tends to do a much better job of tutorializing and better ramping up the difficulty of the experience so it would have given you just infantry at the start then it would throw tanks into the mix and then it would give you artillery and it would give you mission design that's focused around maximizing each individual unit and maybe by mission 15 you'd be ready for a mission like france so james did you feel like um how did you feel about being dumped into this scenario did you find it ridiculous and poor design or did you think it had some merits to it after I did the second mission, my feelings on the game and the mission structure was that they were doing a really good job of ramping up the difficulty because I failed mission two also the first time and the second time. Um, but I was, you know, easily able to adjust my strategy and eventually overcome the mission. Uh, mission three, when I loaded into the map and looked at how big it was, I just like froze. I was like, what the fuck? Um... And it didn't end up being that difficult. I actually beat it first try um, because I had used the lessons I learned in the second map to my advantage. And, you know, they still, all the lessons I'd learned still held true in mission three. So uh, it wasn't necessarily a big step up in difficulty, um, more just a step up in terms of scale. But like when I started that mission, I was terrified that it was going to be like, crazily more complex but it didn't end up adding that much you know like i didn't need to learn that much extra that i hadn't already in order to progress the map so 
this is kind of the problem with you know making a game historically accurate you have to make these concessions to the gameplay structure and for some people you know like you yourself i assume and other people who are really interested in the history that's perfectly fine for someone like me who doesn't really care about the history um, this kind of problem with the mission structure caused by this historical accuracy is a lot more annoying um, because I'm not really getting the good benefits of the historical accuracy at all. I'm just only seeing the negatives of the, you know, the hit to the type mission structure. Like in a game like Advance Wars, like you said, um, you'd get these like really small missions and you'd have like 20 of them where they increment the difficulty a little bit every single time and you're slowly learning the mechanics of the game. And here I felt like I learnt all the mechanics of the game in the first two missions, and then it was just these big, huge battles um, to try and simulate, you know, the real battles across France and, you know, Belgium. Um, and that's perfectly fine in what it's trying to do, but for me personally, who doesn't care about all that stuff, um, I think it made my experience a bit worse. So I agree with your point about, you know, I'm not that bothered because of the historical perspective, but I do also think that there's a gameplay positive to this as well. I think that modern game design tends to over-tutorialize, where it perhaps restricts your resources too much and ramps up a little bit too slowly. Panzer General goes in the opposite direction where it puts where its restrictions are simply determined by um the historical period in which you're fighting but in terms of your tactical and strategic options it mostly just gives you them all at once you have access to every unit type from mission three onwards and you get different variations of that but your tactical and strategic approach is open from mission three and I think that while I found that very intimidating and difficult to get my head around at the same time giving the player that kind of freedom is a little bit intoxicating. Like it, it is kind of like the game's just letting me play with all of its toys straight away. And it was a lot of fun trying to figure it all out by myself at first. This is the same thing that happened to me with Mega Man Battle Network 3 when I first played that game, because it gives you a lot of freedom to construct your deck or create your forces and there aren't a lot of guides out there explaining how to play this game that's you know 20 25 years old so you have to just try things and the game gives you a lot of options you try things and you figure it out yourself so i think that while i think i do i do agree that panzer general goes too far in not being more incremental there is something to be said for just giving you all the toys to play with and giving you the joy of discovering and figuring it out yourself um i think i've presented my argument wrongly hang on um so i actually completely agree with you because i like the game just gives you so many toys to begin with and i also really enjoyed you know working out you know what i could do with all my units like there were so many options and like i had to work out how to use them effectively to beat those first two missions and it took a few tries each but it was really engaging um, and I enjoyed that. Um, what I kind of had a problem with was that because this is based on a historical setting, there's kind of like an upper limit um, on the complexity that can be introduced. Like, 
in a game like Advance Wars, like when you get to mission 30, they can introduce something crazy like mega tanks or magic tanks or something like insane. They can't do this here. Like, um, like they can't just keep adding stuff to this World War II setting that does, you know. Um, so I, I kind of found like, like you in the first two missions, I had a blast, like, you know, working out what I could do with my hundred options. Um, and then by mission like three and four, um, they didn't really add that much extra, so it's kind of like peaked in mission two for me, and then it just flatlined for, you know, this huge mission three that was just more of the same that I did in mission two. So when I mean I had a problem with it not incrementing, I mean that I think it stopped incrementing after mission two, basically. Okay, I, I didn't feel quite that extreme, but I do kind of understand your point that conceptually the units aren't evolving and changing you don't get a unit that can like has a three you know three turn cooldown that lets it teleport six spaces or a unit that gets aoe attack for you know when it gets experience points it's all a lot more grounded and that means the number of i guess tactical and strategic permutations are kind of limited like you can't you can't do this crazy shit like you can in a lot of rpgs or you know stuff like fire emblem where you you have heroes that are leveling up and gaining abilities that change how that how they fight so once you've got a hand a handle on the tactics it's more more about refining your approach to a to a picture perfect sheen which i definitely got nowhere near approaching but <laughs> but but big picture wise i i, I kind of see what you're saying you're not you're not dramatically changing the way in which you fight these battles you're just you're just perfecting it yeah like i think there is a bit of a weird progression curve because of the historical accuracy and like you know that's not necessarily a criticism of the game i don't think the game is wrong to do this like it absolutely should be this way um but, you know, some people aren't going to appreciate that as much as others, and that's fine. So, actually, let's have a music break. We've been going for about half an hour now. Um, Patrick, there are about, like, three songs total on this <laughs> soundtrack. Did you enjoy all three of them? <laughs> so, uh, in practice, this game didn't have a soundtrack for me. Uh, so, I don't think the music's bad. In fact, I think that the... The battle theme in particular, I quite like the middle, the middle part of it. However, there is no way I'm listening to a three minute track on repeat for an hour and a half while I try and fight through a scenario. That's just ridiculous. It's not like there are three songs you hear while playing missions. <laughs> There's one. one of those three songs is the main menu music and the other one <laughs> is like the victory theme. And there's exactly one song you listen to during all of the gameplay. Um... Like Patrick said, I didn't think it was a bad song, but man, you know, I played this game for like 12 plus hours. I I turned that shit off you know, relatively quickly. I found it very distracting. So, you know, this is one area this game definitely doesn't hold up in. Um, although the music's fine, like we're going to play some for you now and you're going to be like, oh, that was okay. Um, it's just if you have to listen to that like track on repeat for 12 hours you're not gonna it's not gonna be a fond memory of yours so this is the battle theme track
That was the battle theme track. I never want to hear it again, to be honest. Yeah, it's like compared to something like Civilization 4, which we played, which has an excellent array of music, or even something like Heroes of Might and Magic 3, which has gentler, more ambient tones and then cuts to a battle track when you enter a battle. Panzer General is like a minor blip. It's a footnote. Uh like I said, you just have to turn the music off if you're going to play this game. I will say it seems to be a great game to listen to podcasts while playing. So, you know, if yeah. or listen to your own music. But the soundtrack as it is, is just too, it's way too limited for the duration of time you're going to be playing through this. So in some, yeah. in some ways, it's not intrinsically the worst soundtrack we've ever done. But as a match for the kind of gameplay you're experiencing... You just turn it off immediately, and I recommend everyone do so. Okay, so we've spoken a bit about the big picture gameplay and progression of this game. Um, so let's zoom in a bit and start talking about the nitty-gritty details, because this was actually something that I quite enjoyed in Panzer General um, over the first couple missions. Digging in and working out how this game ticks. So, Patrick, where did you want to start? Because there's, like, a lot to cover. There is... <laughs> sorry i'm not cutting that out <laughs> yeah this is this is absolutely the most substantial and complicated part of panzer general by far i think the place to start is with describing how this tactical combat works in broad terms so the 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 technical term, the historical term, is combined arms tactics. And this is the concept of bringing different strategic elements together that by themselves are useless, but when combined, produce a superior combat result far beyond what they individually would be capable of. So the way that I would talk about it in video game terms is advanced rock, paper, shotgun. Rock, paper, shotgun? Rock, paper, scissors. Don't, well, don't call it rock, paper, shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> where, where you have units that are individually strong in specific ways, but they also have very extreme weaknesses. So you need to combine these units together in order to achieve victory. Uh, so not only do you need to have a mixed force of units to succeed, 
but it's very important that you array them in the correct way. This is a hex-based game where only one unit can be on each tile. So you need to be arraying your units correctly. They need to be in the right place and you need to be attacking them at the right time. You need to be resupplying and rearming your units at the right time. Uh, and you need to be attacking in the correct order. It all adds up to a fairly complicated tactical puzzle where you can't just go, you know, blink stalkers like you could in StarCraft 2. You can't just make a massive stack like you can in Civ 4. And if your stack is bigger than the enemy forces, you can kill them. If you are not arraying your units correctly and having them attack in the correct order, your units are going to get massacred and you're going to lose the battle every single time. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly talk about two two things that this game does that like a lot of games that I've played don't that I think really influences the strategy of how you play. And ultimately, I think that Panzer General does a really good job of imitating, you know, what I'd imagine, you know, the battle strategy to be like in a war. Um, and, you know, I'm not, you know, obviously not a history buff, so I could be completely wrong. But as somebody who doesn't know a lot about history or about battle strategy it made in sense. real life, it made sense to me. Yeah. So the two, the two things I want to talk about is firstly, um, artillery adjacency. So in this game, uh, if the enemy has a unit of troops that is adjacent to an artillery unit, if you attack the troops then when the troops counterattack both the troops and the artillery will counterattack you so this is really important when attacking enemy cities because cities almost always have like one or two artillery units adjacent to them which makes them very hard to attack directly so oftentimes if you come up to a squad of enemy you know troops and there's an artillery unit there you need to prioritize the artillery or you're going to take heaps of counterattack losses unnecessarily um, and you can do this with your own artillery um, through air superiority um, or just like sneaking around the back with your own you know units um, secondly uh, and this is a mechanic i haven't seen in a game before um, but I thought was actually really cool, is this idea of entrenchment. So in Panzer General, um, if your unit stays still for multiple turns, then every turn they dig in a bit, right? So you're, uh, after one turn, your troopers will be entrenched three. So there's 10 levels of entrenchment total. And a, a unit that's entrenched 10 is extremely hard to attack. They will decimate you on their counterattack generally and take very little damage. So the longer a unit stays still, the more entrenched they get and the more powerful in combat they get essentially. So generally when you're attacking a city, there'll be this one unit sitting on top of the city that's, you know, been there forever, their entrenchment 10, Anything that attacks them is just going to get one hit. So what you need to do is that you can lower the enemy's entrenchment by every time you hit that enemy, it lowers it by one. So you need to spend a couple of turns 
firing artillery at that unit or dropping, you know, bombs with uh, your bomber units. Um, and with these indirect attacks, you can get that entrenchment down to the point where you can start, you know, sending your tanks in without the risk of counterattack. Um, Patrick, to me, these two mechanics uh, really influence the way I approached attacking cities, which was much more like slowly and methodical compared to a game like, you know, like Civ, where I feel like I just bum rush the city with everything I have all at one go. Um, I think both of those mechanics you brought up are excellent and they do a lot yeah. to inform the strategy. Are you also aware, I don't know if you've noticed, but I kept talking about bridge engineers over the course of our discussions <laughs> yeah. on our game club. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, bridge engineers ignore entrenchment. Really? Yep. They're engineers. So they ignore the entrenchment. So what a, that's one of the big, I mean, not only do they build bridges, but they also can just attack into an entrenchment 10 unit of full strength. <laughs> so <laughs> entrench is very important. And there's a reason bridge engineers were my MVPs. I always had like at least three units of them. And even <laughs> though they cost like, you know, twice as much as a, a tank, absolutely worth it. Love them to pieces. Um, yeah, I, I think both of these things are great. And I think that the process of figuring this out was really enjoyable. Uh, you got to have artillery or bombers to set up your attacks. You, ju you just have to. If you do are not doing that, you're going to lose the battles. And it makes um, sense, right? Like you, you siege the city and then you send your troops in like once they're weakened. Like to me, yeah. that makes a lot of sense, like narratively. And, and I, felt, I felt like I wasn't pinned into doing this in a very specific way as well. Like, like you said, you even though, yes, you need to bomb these places before taking them, you can use it through air superiority, you can do it through your artillery, or as you said, there are a lot of options to attack artillery from the back if you're able to maneuver your units. Um, one of the things I really liked is that the cities that you're attacking are almost always geographically positioned um, on a river. And rivers are difficult to cross. And that's because in real life, cities are usually built on rivers. It's a common it's a common thing. Do the river placements not mimic the real rivers on yes, these countries? Yes, they do. They yes, do, they right? Do. Yeah. 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 So I it was interesting to me because like most of the time the layouts of these maps worked for the purposes of you know gameplay encounters and it could have gone really bad and like the, the historical layouts of these countries just not suited a video game at all but for like the most part you know the rivers and the forests and the placements of the cities actually often did lend themselves to gameplay and strategic you know making a broad strategy quite well i thought so i didn't mind that about the accuracy this is a thing that might get you interested in history i don't know james but uh countries are traditionally defined by geographic geographical barriers um forests mountains rivers all of those things are traditional barriers that have led to the definitions of countries so you've almost got uh, yeah, you've got this natural gameplay focus that's just arisen from from history, which I, I think is very cool. Like, I, I kind of, I mean, I know it seems like a little thing, but I, I really liked that as a feature. And, you know, you have to pay attention to the geography in this game. Rivers, so so the way tanks work is that, and vehicles work is that when they're on roads, they are super speedy. But if you want to take a tank through a forest or over a mountain or over a river, it slows down to one tile per movement, 
which is unacceptable when you're on a tight turn limit and you need to achieve these objectives quickly. So a lot of your strategy when you're not attacking the cities, you need to be mindful of the geography to move your units around effectively. Um, the other thing that plays into this is that when you play this game, you have the option to purchase infantry without vehicles because the idea is that you can purchase a, a truck with your infantry you can get your infantry on the truck and they can move along rapidly. I almost feel this is a trap, the fact that you can choose to not buy a truck for your infantry, because I would say in 99% of cases, you should be buying a fucking truck for your infantry. Yeah. Yeah. I accidentally forgot to do it a couple of times and just hated my life every time I had to move those units. Um, I liked the trucks, though. I liked that I could, like... Because if you put... If you move your infantry in a truck you can go further but you have to end the movement as a truck and the trucks are much more vulnerable in truck form so it's like you know you're taking a risk for that extra move speed and i i liked that with artillery um it was especially useful to have them because artillery placements move one tile per turn um no matter what and they can only they can only move after shooting so you can't like truck really far then shoot you have to like shoot and then maybe truck to at a position and then be super vulnerable for one turn until you get control back um so gen generally the way these missions go out is you get all your you get your tanks to go first because the tanks are fast on the roads and they're also just generally very good in out in the open um against enemy tanks and infantry that's when tanks are at their strongest so your tanks are going to spearhead your assault but then you're going to come up to a city the city is going to be on a river and it's going to be surrounded by barbed wire and if you try and attack your tanks into those cities you're going to get decimated so now your infantry catch up your artillery catch up um you you're in the early rounds you're kind of just using your bombers to get some chip damage in here and there but now your bombers have a specific objective and now you need to kind of fight through enemy forces and array your forces in such a way that you're making progress but also minimizing losses. But if you play too passively and aren't willing to take risks, you're never going to take the city and it's got to be reinforced. So it's all it's all tactical goodness and good decisions are rewarded. Yeah, like uh, if you have a unit next to a city, that, that city can't buy extra troops anymore and they can't re, uh, reinforce, that's really good. But, you know, how, like, do you risk putting your infantry next to the city really early in the assault when they still have, you know, five units surrounding the city? You know, that's a question you have to make a lot of the time. Yeah, um, do you get your tank to attack this infantry unit when moving to that square is going to put it in range of this anti-tank unit to be to counter-attack? Um do you risk putting this artillery in this truck sitting here when you know it's probably going to get bombed and take some damage? Oh no, my tank's running low on ammo, but it's if it you know it's running low on ammo, should I move it back to move another unit into that square to attack the city, or should I hope that it can kill and take you know this tile within the next two turns until it runs out of ammo? Um, because you can only resupply at the start of the turn, so it's it's all this very complicated delicate dance of opportunity cost where you need to, you will never lose the game based on one decision but if you keep making the wrong decisions you will eventually lose those battles yeah and working all this out was really fun like the first two missions of the game 
Um, I made so many mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. I remember immediately, hey, there's a city, and the, hey, this guide tells me to attack the city. Okay, so I sent my tank to attack this one squad, and I know that tanks are good against infantry, so I must win. And then my tank got one hit because I didn't understand entrenchment um, and, you know, terrain suppression. differences. Yeah, suppression, that kind of thing. Like... Um, and I made these mistakes all the time in the first two missions, like constantly and was constantly like referring to the manual and being like, oh, that makes sense. And then eventually, like I was able to overcome these missions through, you know, good play, because I think that Panzer Generals are pretty um, predictable game. Like once you know what you're doing, like there's not a lot of variance. Like if I attack my 10 power unit tank into this other tank you know the same damage is probably going to happen with like maybe one or two difference most of the time like i feel this game very well rewards good tactics like if you make the right decision you know you will get a good outcome uh and if you continue to make the right decisions you will win um so i really enjoyed that although I think that after a point, um, this game might become too predictable. Like, I feel like once you hit this point, there's this point where you can literally never lose any battle because everything's so... You know, it just works the way you expect it to. There's no variance. I I don't know about that, James. Maybe you're just intrinsically better at these games than I am, that you can figure that out. But as I played through Mission 4 and as I played through Mission 5, I was still refining my approach. Like, I still didn't know how to perfectly uh, approach these fights. Uh, The enemy tanks get stronger. Um, The enemy air force continues to grow. Um, You start to see uh, naval warfare get introduced. To me, it became... Like, maybe not more difficult, but I would say it stayed difficult. And I continued to need to think my way through my approach. Like, uh, the the battles get, I guess I'd say they get wider. Like, you have, you have, instead of having one city, you kind of have this front of, like, six or seven units. And it's a mix of tanks and infantry and anti-tank and artillery. And coming up with the best approach to i guess take on that front line and figuring out when to reinforce um the game is set up so you can't just move all your units and then shoot later you have to move and shoot in each execution deciding whether to get a unit to go for a final push or fall back so i can resupply all of this stuff was difficult for me even as i continued to play and i i can see it being difficult for a long time so while I agreed with your earlier point that in broad strategic uh, terms, your approach isn't changing, I think when it comes to the specific engagements, there is still a lot of thought to be put into how you're navigating these battles. Okay, so maybe maybe this is more specifically a criticism to Mission 3, because in Mission 3... Like, Mission 2 was hard for me. Like, there was two heavily fortified cities right next to each other, and it took me a while to kind of understand what I needed to do to take those two without incurring too many losses. Mm -hmm. When Mission 3 rocked up and there was just, like, you know, like 15 to 20 cities all over the map, 
I felt like I was just going through the motions over and over and over again, taking cities, you know, get near this next city, uh, bomb it and artillery strike it, then, you know, clear out the units, then take the city, move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. On mission four, when they introduced like more aggressive planes and like the boats and like stuff like that, it was more interesting for sure, and it was very difficult. Mission three is the Blitzkrieg. That's why mission three is the ignore the frontal defenses, penetrate deep into the territory with tanks, and then you can eventually get there. I it it took me a little while to figure that out that that's what you're meant to do that you're meant to ignore those objectives, but you're but you're correct that once you've got the hang of that, it's not nearly as intimidating or difficult as it appears. But yeah, I, I was, in my mind, the there is... So when we played Vagrant Story, you know, a long time ago, one of the things I brought up was this, this, this idea of complexity versus depth. And I think with Vagrant Story, I thought it was very complicated, but it ultimately lacked depth because you're approach was always mostly the same identifying what was what they were weak to and then using what they were weak against against them and although the formula to calculate that was complicated your strategy wasn't really changing or and your tactical approach was staying the same panzer general is almost the opposite i feel you know even though you know it is fairly complex there's a lot of attack values and you know there's soft attack and hard attack entrenchment and suppression I feel like you get kind of get a hang of those pretty quickly. Like I, I understood yeah. and grokked what what I was doing when I was moving my units around, but the depth here is phenomenal. Like you, the the level of perfection that you can attain with this game is crazy because the number of decisions you have available to you are endless, and I think that playing this game and playing it for a long time is all about getting better and better and better and better at these core mechanics. Uh, It's about refining your approach. It's about uh, understanding all the nuances and more and more depth. Like, for example, weather is a thing in this game. Weather affects your your planes, and I think it affects your your field of view, but I barely, you know, I don't really understand it. I, I didn't even really notice the weather when I was in Africa or France, but, but it's all there and the game will keep on peeling like an onion, um, the depth as you play more and more. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like when I was playing this game, I was quite engaged. Like there's a lot going on in battles and like, it is enjoyable. Like I really enjoy when you make a good like what you think is a good decision and it ends up being a good decision and the game works out like i play i play we play a lot of card games and something that always happens is like you make the right decision and you lose anyway um mm. just because you know variance is like that sometimes right like that's what you play when you play a card game um so it's kind of refreshing to play this game where the right decision always works out Um, (laughs) it's more like chess in that way right yeah (laughs) it is a lot more like chess where it's very you know predictable um your your things do specific things um and you can there is a bit of variance like there's this thing called rugged defense which is like it's almost like a critical save um from the enemy it's like when you attack something they have this chance to defend abnormally you know strong but that even that's predictable like it's more likely to happen when they're more heavily entrenched and in better terrain 
and when they have more numbers than you, like the disparity in unit strength makes it more likely to happen. Um, There's also the um, ambush rugged defense. If you move into the fog of war on top of another enemy unit, it's assumed that they've ambushed you, so they get rugged defense. Yeah, and they utterly annihilate you and they reload <laughs> yeah. your safe. But, you know, even then, you, it's not like... Like, there are, there are recon units in this game. That's one of the categories we didn't talk about. And their main value is they they have long vision. One, so one they, can sight, see, yeah. they can see a long way. So you can, you know, if you've got a couple of recon units, you can mitigate that. So, yeah, like you said, for everything that the enemy can do against you, you can mitigate it with good tactics and strategy. Uh, you know, all, all, all the tools are at your disposal. You just need to know how to use them and, and it's there are a take... lot of tools yeah there's like what like 12 types of tank um something i wanted to mention uh this was something that really annoyed me but mm-hmm. i don't think it's necessarily the game's fault well it is the game's fault but i don't think they should change it necessarily um all of the units in this game blend together so badly. Like, there's like 12 types of tanks, and I find it very difficult to tell which one is which because they all look so similar. And, like, this is a historical game. Of course they all look similar. Like, tanks kind of look the same. Um, but, like, so many times I would make a stupid move because instead of reading the name of the tank, I would, like, click and think it was this other tank. Um, and I also found it really hard to tell which enemies were which. Every unit has like 12 stats and they're all kind of like arcane, like soft attack and hard attack and stuff like that. Um, I found it very hard to get an intuitive grasp of what made specific units in the same category different to other ones. Like, you know, two similarly priced tanks, you know, it's really hard for me to tell without like looking up their stats every single time. No, I um I completely agree. I think this is one of the biggest criticisms I have of the game actually. Um it's readability. I uh, ideally with a single glance, you should be able to get a grasp on what what is your, you know, what your forces are like. But there are so many units that literally look identical to one another. Yeah. Like the the big thing for me was all the planes. Like before I made a move with any plane, I had to see if it was a level bomber, a tactical bomber, or a fighter and even with all my playtime i could not tell at a glance and i always had to check and you can't click on your unit to get an immediate stat readout although you can do that with enemy units so i was having to go through two clicks every single time i moved a lot of my units and it's incredibly frustrating uh the graphics of this game like it's not like they're actively bad but it's just that too low resolution to be able to easily distinguish this. It comes with the names as well. Like you'll have the Panzer three F and the Panzer three G. And those are two distinct (laughs) units and they've got different ammo levels, different fuel levels, uh, different soft and like they're, they're, you use those two units differently. Like they fulfill different roles, but but they're one letter difference. But can the game do it any other way? Like this, like they're named that because that's what tanks they are right like they can't give them stupid names or make them look wildly different can you give them icons or something like i feel like different yeah like something to to identify them it made my gameplay experience worse significantly 
but I couldn't like in good conscience like say it should be changed. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be this way, but it's really annoying. <laughs> I mean, I think I I wouldn't hate the idea of maybe reducing the number of units, and maybe that's heresy to people who are invested in this genre. But I feel like you had a lot of units that were very similar to one another. Like you had a lot of infantry units and tank units that were kind of samey. Like one would have a slightly higher hard attack. One would have a slightly higher soft attack. You yeah. know, this would have a fuel value 20% higher, but an ammo value 30% lower or whatever it was. It's like, do we really need all these slightly different units? Because it, it, it ends up being too difficult to accurately grok all in one go. Like, how am I meant to know what tank is the best tank to buy in this situation against... Well, you don't. You just you just guess and you buy that tank and it does oh, roughly about the same Oh, you play 100 battles thing. and then eventually, you know, right? Yeah, the, the big one, James, is... I know you didn't use the naval forces a lot, but they all look so similar because the graphical sprite for them is so... Because most, you yeah, know, because I, they're mostly underwater... The air units were so bad for me as well. I had yeah. the exact problem you described. Like when you can't tell the difference between your fighters and your bombers, it's like. And there really are two different annoying. bombers. Like it, and they <laughs> yeah. do different things. One's more about doing damage, and then the other one's more about suppressing. Yeah, suppression. Which yeah. is re and suppression's critical because suppression means that a uh, you know a, f a squad of eight is only fighting as four. So you you have to like you need to know these di these differences before you make the decisions and it's just it just leads to a lot of clicking through your units instead of saying oh it's this unit um so yeah i i agree james this is a serious problem with panzer general i remember reading through the manual and this there was this like one bit at the start that was like Panzer General has this highly sophisticated and user-friendly interface. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe maybe at the time this was amazing, but it's like, it's pretty bad now, right? Like, oh, mm. it was a struggle for me to get used to the UI to begin with. Like, um, you have to do a lot of... Was there a hotkey system? I didn't really figure it out. I, like, not, I, not as far as I know. Yeah, so it's like... Something that's annoying, for example, is like if there's a space that is occupied by both uh, an infantry unit and a plane, you need to click on the UI to toggle between like being able to select the plane or the infantry and then mouse back over, click the unit, click click where it moves to, then like right click to end its turn or click undo to undo. It was... It's a bit it's a bit clunky. We like to use that word a lot. It, it's a bit it's, clunky. It's very dependent on you using your mouse to click buttons is is how I describe it. Yeah. So for one of the things I think we take for granted with these tactical things is pressing tab to tab between units. Tab 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 tab, you know, make the moves. If you want to do that in Panzer General, you need to go to the menu and you need to press go to next units. Even just the way purchasing new units works is kind of awful. You have to click on the unit, click on their transport, click purchase, and then place them. And you can't click anywhere on purchase. You have to click in a specific part. I don't know if you noticed that with a lot of the buttons. I kept clicking yeah. <laughs> near, near the buttons and I wouldn't get my confirmation because I didn't press the right part of the button. Yeah. And... 
I okay, so I don't think this is like awful. This isn't you know as bad as playing a first person shooter with a you know with a controller. You know, it's not. Shut up, it's Patrick. not. <laughs> it's not on that level. Like we're still using mouse and keyboard, and I can just click between units mostly. You know, you click on a unit, you click where you want to move, you want to click to attack. Like it's not. It's not broken, but it is definitely clunky. Like it's a it's a bit of a clunker because you know they just haven't learned the the lessons of modern um, of these modern tactics games. So yeah, it takes to a bit of so many times, and yeah. something I couldn't get to work was I could not get my mouse sensitivity right for this game. Like it was always felt slightly too high. Whenever you would try to edge pan across the battlefield, it would either like zoom around, or you had to like use this dos box command to slow your cpu down to like one percent so it would scroll like slightly smoothly instead of like my mouse touches the border of the battlefield and now it's looking at the like furthest possible point on the other side so so i that worked for me though because that was something i discovered as well by default in dos box it's an instant scroll but if you hit Control f11 enough times it gets you it got me to a speed I was comfortable with. Couldn't you find a, a balance? So I went down to 5%, and okay. then it was still felt clunky. And if you go down to 1%, like the game starts stuttering a bit when you move around. So Yeah, see, yeah. I was at 6 or 4% or something. I, I By playing around with it, I eventually got it to a level I was happy with. So uh, by default, and maybe if you're having issues, James, uh, it, it won't be good, but... At least for me, I, f I fixed that issue. Near the end, I was able to comfortably move the units without thinking about it too much. But at the start, like, it was like groaning inside my head every time I had to click through like the side menu to do anything. Like, um, this game did not try to minimize the number of clicks. Like, the it's like it feels like playing World of Warcraft while clicking your spells. It's just ill. The the number one thing it could have done is just if you right click on your units, it immediately examines them. Like, there there's no reason that shouldn't be a feature. Having to click on the examination icon and then click on your unit is just ridiculous. Like it it made me mad every single time I had to do it. And you have to do it non-stop. Like, yeah, the examiner in modern games, like you'd hover over a unit and or you get hover this over, box yeah. that has yeah. this like info. What you have to do is you have to select the unit, go to the right side of the screen, click the magnifying glass. Or if you're in the like, there's two menus, if you're in the wrong one, click like right click to get to the other one. Click the magnifying glass, which opens like a full screen box that has a tiny you know, explanation in the center. And then, like, you can't see the battlefield anymore, so you have to close that whole thing and then, like, right-click to unselect that unit because you accidentally picked the wrong one and you realized <laughs> when you examined it. And then you have to do that two more times to these other units. So Well, it's just... more like 70 times. That's the thing. It's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's every turn 70 times. And, you know, you'll, you'll sometimes examine a unit and then be like, oh, I don't need to move it. So then you go on to the next one. Like, it's it's weird it i can see for people some people this would be a deal breaker in and of itself for me i don't mind clicking through a lot of menus as much as some people maybe this is just because i've come to this as a more pc gamer so i can more forgive these ui flaws i think it's a significant problem but 
I it didn't majorly impact my um, experience negatively. It was negative. I didn't like it, but this was what I could put up with. Like I, I could I could put up with this. Uh, like you, it wasn't a deal breaker for me, but it definitely a big negative on the game. Um, okay, James, let's have a, let's have another music break. Uh, what what song did you choose? What what which of the four songs did you choose? Uh, so I chose the mission briefing song. Um, I just remember kind of liking hearing it. Um, I don't know. It was better than the main menu music song, <laughs> and there weren't that many options. So I, I chose the mission briefing song. So uh, here it is. Patrick, I've kind of reached the end of my notes. Like, this wasn't a super... Well, it was a super long game, but I didn't play it like a super long game. I played until I had my fill, I'd say. Um, did you want to give us your final impressions of Panzer General? Yeah, like, I think that, um, you know, I've got more bits and pieces, but I think I've got across the main, the main things I want to say about this game. And, you know, in the process of playing it, you're going to be exposed to all these bits and pieces. So, so here's what I think about Panzer General. I recommend it to a specific kind of person. I think that you have to be interested in history. I think you already need to be predispositioned to this genre and this style of gameplay. This is not a game that you, that I can recommend to people who haven't played the tactical genre before if they're not, you know, if it's just like, whatever, I don't really care about the tactical genre. This isn't a good entry point because there's no hook. It's all it's all just pure gameplay for the most part. However, if you are that kind of person, if you're a person like me, as it happens, then I can recommend Panzer General because it's got the history connection and I actually think the gameplay here is extremely good. Like the balancing your forces into strike groups and then getting them to siege these cities and figuring out how to array your forces and juggle all of these stats is very fun. And it's not so complicated that someone like me who's fairly new to this genre 
was just drowning in numbers in Excel documents like some modern military simulators are. So for that person, for the person who's interested in this genre already, who's fairly new and wants something that's not too complicated, who has an interest in history, it's a recommend. For everyone else, I reckon probably no. I think that uh, if that's if if you're not that kind of person, this game isn't for you. So it's like a personal recommend for me because overall I enjoyed my experiences with Panzer General and I'm happy I played it, but I can't give it like a wholehearted, open-ended recommendation because of how narrow, narrow the kind of person you need to be to enjoy it. That's kind of interesting because I do not give a single shit about the history component of this game. Like, I don't care about history at all. And yet I still had a good time playing this game. Um, I think that Panzer General's tactical depth um, is really good. Like, I really enjoyed the first two missions of this game where I spent several hours, like, just figuring out what the hell was going on, losing a bunch of times, and then, you know, slowly piecing together a really strong strat well not a really strong strategy but a good enough strategy to beat those missions like i think that if you're a fan of like turn-based tactics games i think panzer general is quite good like i think the to me like my favorite part of this game was the entrenchment mechanic i thought that was just great like i loved this incentive to keep some units still and you know to have to you know indirectly attack units to dig them out of their you know their trenches um i thought that this game you know for something that was released in 1994 did a brilliant job um of bringing you know a war uh, into the video game world and making you know the tactics you have available interesting enjoyable and you know narratively makes sense so you know, the whole time I played this game, I was mostly having fun. Like, my biggest problems with Panzer General are the mission structure. Like, I loved those first two missions. And then once the missions opened up and became really big in scope, it kind of lost me. Like, I was just doing too much. They just took too long. And to me, I think this is a problem with the show. Like, with a game like Civilization, for example, I want to play a game of Civ 5 or 6 or 4. Uh, like, I want to play exactly, like, half a game every six months, maybe. Like, I never want to play a full game <laughs> of that game. And I feel like the same way about Panzer General. Like, I don't think that the optimal way to play this game is to play as much as I can in two weeks. I think it's to play, like, you know most of one mission once every six months and i would be perfectly happy to do that because i really you know enjoyed my time with the game i just didn't enjoy you know playing heaps of it all in one go because once you do like get a handle on a lot of the tactics because it all does just kind of work the way you expect it to like i feel like you have your fill pretty quickly so overall if you really like, like Patrick said, if you love World War II stuff, uh, Panzer General is an absolute recommend. I think it's great in terms of tactical depth. If you don't like it, I think you can probably, you know, this is a game that's abandonware, so you can get it for free and spin it up. Like, if you like turn-based tactics games like this, um, I think that, the, you know, the gameplay on here on offer is good enough to be worth checking out, even if you don't love you know the history stuff because i you know still enjoyed my time with it overall so you know pretty good game overall 
And I really think that's a key. Like if you are after the tactical gameplay experience and that's what you want from this game, it delivers. But that's all that's really there. So if you if you play Fire Emblem, for example, not not a not a series I've played, but the one that I understand is popular in part because of its personalities. And that's the main reason you like Fire Emblem. Panzer General probably isn't the game for you. But if you play Fire Emblem and you're you love the combat and that's why you're interested, then Panzer General probably is a game that you would enjoy uh, a lot. So just know I reckon Panzer General's gameplay is way better than Fire Emblems, for example. I think the tactics in this game are way more interesting than those. But of course, like, you know, like I said, like the XCOM 2 thing of having these units that you gape for the whole game and form some attachment to. Like, there's a big story hook and big character and, you know, RPG progression hook in those games that this doesn't have. Um, but in terms of, like, just the comparing battles to each other, I think that, you know, Panzer General does it a lot better. Yeah, well, but it raises the interesting point. What is the better entry point into the genre, right? Because in some ways, oh, yeah, I, I, Fire Emblem or Advance was with a simpler, with a simpler probably tactics. Maybe they probably wouldn't recommend Panzer General to like people who aren't super familiar with like this. Is not like a first video game kind of game. It's like you need to be pretty <laughs> invested, you know, in stuff like this to enjoy it. Because it is quite difficult to, you know, wrap your head around a lot of it. But, you know, for, like, you know, tactics enthusiasts, this is a great title, I think. Mm -hmm. It stood the test of time in that regard, yeah. the, the quality of its tactics. Not yeah. so much in the visual sound and interface, but, <laughs> you know, we'll live with no. it. It's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't think war gamers are really playing for the graphics anyway, mostly. <laughs> All right, yeah, so that, that about wraps it up. That was our episode on Panzer General. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, James and I make up the Retrospectives podcast each and every fortnight. We review and discuss these classic games of the past to see if they've truly stood the test of time. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got all of the episodes we've done, all 69 of them, as well as a bunch of articles that James and I have written over the years. Uh, most recently, I wrote about Resident Evil Remake, which was a game that was near and dear to my heart. James sure picked a good one for that mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also got links to all of our social media stuff, our Twitter, etc., etc., most important of which is our Discord server. Um, our Discord server is where most of our community interaction takes place. Uh, we've also started a fortnightly game club where you can play alongside with us. Um, it was quite good this week. We got to exchange a lot of tips that we kind of learned on the fly about Panzer General because, like I said, there's not much out there. So it was very helpful being able to talk about it. So if you'd like to play alongside us, we'd love for you to join the Discord server or, you know, tell us our opinions are wrong or suggest a game, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's us. Thank you once again, everyone, for listening. So, James, Panzer General out of the way. Once again, I picked a brilliant title. Uh, what are we playing for next Fortnite? Well, we want to do a longer game, and that means it's time for me to pick a short game to compensate. Um, so I brought the question to Discord, um, and 
had a couple of people ask us to do Space Channel 5, which is a uh, no. a music game. <laughs> no, <laughs> James, that was clearly a joke suggestion. No, 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 no. To, at my expense. No, 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 no. So we're going to go with it because it's only like two hours oh. long. And I, I also really want to subject Patrick to this. You know, we've actually you know, already done the gameplay for this game on the podcast. James, I saw the cover for this game, and it's a girl with pink hair, and it looks anime. And the purpose of this podcast is to play games to determine if they've stood the test of time. It's not to subject Patrick to physical torture for the fucking sake of it. Well, I mean, and that's what this game looks like. Maybe you didn't start the podcast to subject Patrick to physical torture, but I know I should. <sighs> What even is this game, James? I, I looked up the title art and I said, ha-ha, funny joke, and that was the end of my thoughts. Okay, so remember when we did Sly Cooper? There yes. was this one boss, the crocodile, um, where the boss's gimmick was that it was a music boss, and the boss would make, like, um, a couple of sounds, and then you'd have to press the right button, like, four times. Yeah, um, I really liked that boss fight. The, the, that's the whole game. The whole game is exactly that gameplay for two hours, and it's so it's it pushing so, that as far as it can go. So, James, here's my real concern, and this has always been my concern with bullshit like this. It's not that I won't like it, because that's what I expect. I expect it's going to be garbage. It's that I'm going to have to admit on the podcast that I enjoy <laughs> fucking Space Channel 5. That is my greatest fear. So... I am not looking forward to this game, and I'm not looking forward to it even more if it's a good game. So, either way, I'm sunk. I'm just waiting for people to walk into Patrick's room while he's enjoying the music delight that is Space Channel Oh fight. my god. <laughs> hard, hard part. Alright, All right, guys, well, that's what we're doing next fortnight. Space Channel 5, yet another game no one has ever heard of for good reason. Um, we'll see you in two weeks, and... Um, yeah, maybe maybe skip the game club for this one. Just don't worry about it. We'll just I'll just keep playing Panzer General. See you then, guys. Bye.